Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, welcome to Mad Truth with Dr. Gina. I, of course, am Dr. Gina. And uh, sometimes the truth hurts. And sometimes the truth requires us to open up our brain in a way that we may not have wanted to before. And that's one of those things that I kind of had to learn on the topic of term limits. Term limits sounds like the best idea in the world to me. I don't think anyone should ever serve for more than, let's say, 10, 12 years, 14 at the most. Who in the world needs, we don't need any more career politicians like the Nancy Pelosi's of the world and the Joe Biden's of the world. And for that matter, the Mitt Romney's of the world. We don't need them or want them in our body politic. I want to rid us of them so badly I can taste it. It's like setting a chocolate dessert right in front of me and telling me that I can't eat it. But you know what happens when you eat that chocolate cake. I mean, not always. If you just take a bite of it, it's all not so bad. But if you eat that chocolate cake and you eat it all the time, you know what happens. And it's not a good result. And so that's exactly why I am here to appeal to you today to consider that term limits are not good. In fact, that term limits destroy our Constitution. They take away your constitutional rights And they are really bad for the future of politics. And I, of all people, should know, not because I'm an expert in this, but because I'm the one that made the mistake. I stood out in a hot parking lot, the smoldering sun. I'm originally from St. Louis. I live in Palm Beach now. I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. And if you've ever experienced a Midwestern summer, let me tell you, it is hot. It is sweaty. It is brutal. And I remember standing out on the hot, asphalt pavement. If you've ever stood on asphalt in the dead of summer, I mean, if you're from a state like San Diego or California or uh, someplace where you don't get those brutal, brutal summers, um, then you may not know what I'm talking about. But if you've ever stood on a dark black asphalt parking lot in the dead of summer, it is the hottest place in the world. I'm convinced it's just a little taste of hell. Anyway, I did that because as a young patriot, I was all excited about this new idea we had called term limits. And I knew there were people that had been in our Missouri state legislature for decades on end, and they were the biggest problem, and they needed to go worse than anything. So I worked really, really hard to eliminate term limits. And I thought I was doing the right thing. And in my mind, I understood it. No one was going to convince me otherwise. I did some research on it. I still thought it was a great idea. The problem is that the things that happen after term limits are very difficult to describe. And so it's just something that needs to be articulated once and for all to you from somebody who really understands you, knows you, loves you, and hears your heart like I do. Um, and and can explain to you what happens, what the reality is of term. Not the ideal. Do you get rid of a career politician? Yes, you do. But what's the cost? Does that chocolate taste yummy? Oh, yes, it is. But what's the cost? 
You have to ask that question before you do something that just sounds good because you're angry. And I understand the anger. Let me tell you, nobody gets angrier. I get seethingly angry at these career politicians. I see them backstab our president. I see them backstab their own voters. I see them backstab one another. I see them backstab our country. And then I see them all run to the middle again when it's time to campaign. That's what they do. They're a bunch of liars and losers and they need to go. There's no question about that. But here's what happened in Missouri. And this is a great case in point. Missouri, if you don't know it, I grew up there, was born and raised there, spent most of my young adult life there. My husband was a state representative and then a state senator from there. I worked on more campaigns than I can count. I still consult on campaigns there to this day. So I know this state like the back of my hand. I've been to every nook and cranny of Missouri, and there's something really cool about Missouri that I bet you didn't know, aside from it's not pronounced Missouri. The only people that pronounce it Missouri are people from out of state who are trying to campaign there for whatever reason. It's Missouri. Okay, we got that over with and out of the way. It is the show me state. But the third and the most important thing that is about Missouri that I think is so, um, makes it such a great sample to discuss this topic of term limits is that it is a perfect little microcosm of the country. The southern part of Missouri is oh so southern. You probably can guess that I'm from that part. I was born actually in Springfield and spent much of my childhood in the Ozarks. And that's very southern. The areas like Chicago, very northern, very northern. They act a lot in Chicago like they act in New York. Different accent, same attitude. <laughs> Same ta- cab drivers as well. Um, and then and then you have areas that are rural, that are just as, as hard of America as you can get. You have areas like Kansas City to the west side of Missouri that are such a phenomenon in their own right. Um, very Western, very, very horse and cow oriented, lots of good steak, the best barbecue, I believe, in the whole entire world is in Kansas City. And then, you know, you have your St. Louisans, and that's where I spent much of my adulthood. That's where my husband is from. That's where he, the area that he represented when he was in the House and Senate. And St. Louis is very Eastern, New York attitudes galore, right? Very hard-hitting business people, focus on business. It's, you know, it's just, just a little intense in St. Louis. You slow down a lot if you go back to the Ozarks or even Jefferson City, which is in the center of the state, um, much more relaxed than areas uh, in other parts of that state. But it is a perfect microcosm of the United States. So here's what happened. After I spent summers standing outside campaigning for this, day after day, walking doors, knocking doors, making phone calls. Um, We were blessed, we thought, that term limits passed. And my husband was just coming into the legislature, which also gave him an amazing opportunity to be a senior senator almost right away with the best parking spots, the best offices. I tell you that not because it mattered to me, but I tell you that because it matters, right? In, in the arena of political capital, things like parking places, things like office space matter. So by my husband's, I don't know, second or third year, I think, in the Senate, he had the best office with a view of the beautiful river overlooking the airport, overlooking the governor's mansion, big corner office with all the beautiful pillars. That Capitol is absolutely stunning. If you've never been to the Jefferson City Capitol, it is definitely, definitely worth a trip. Uh, Thomas Hart Benton murals adorn the walls and... Uh, it's a style of capital that I just happen to think is beautiful. I've been to the one here in Florida, and I'm thinking, hmm, wow, 
leaves a little to be desired. My husband has a, a knack for going to capitals. The one in Florida doesn't thrill me. The one in Alabama, two of my favorite states, Florida and Alabama, neither one too thrilling. I'll even say that about the one in California. The one in Alabama, uh, the one in Denver, Colorado is actually beautiful. But the one in Missouri to me is just uh, um, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. And so we spent 14 years in that building. It's a lot of time, a lot of time. And we knew it well, and we knew the players. And I was so glad for some of these just arrogant, uh, white-haired guys that had been there 30, 40 years, right, who never voted their district. They didn't need to vote their district because they knew they'd be reelected. Why? Based on name ID. Let's start right there. What is wrong with electing someone, reelecting someone, based on name ID, but it happens all the time. Everyone knows the magic, the power of incumbency is almost armor. It's almost armor. If you've been an incumbent for some place for 10, 20 years, you're going to be reelected regardless of what the other party throws at you. Now, there are some exceptions. Of course, we all know this, but there are a few. You have to mess up pretty bad. You can pretty much vote against your district nonstop, and you will still be reelected in that district. And that's the case, not just in Missouri, but every place really in the country. Incumbency is powerful, not just because you have the name ID, because you know all the lobbyists, because you know all the players, because your friends help you. They're all senators. They want you to be reelected, too. Um, and because, you know, you, you know, the staff, you know, the, I mean, you just have a lot going for you. You know, the money people. It's just very hard to learn that and run against someone and win. There's not enough time in a campaign. So that is the number one reason why most people are reelected again and again and again. But there's a key word here. They are reelected. Reelected. I want you to just let that sink in for one second. While we go to break, we're going to come right back. I'm going to finish this. And by the end of this conversation, if you disagree with me that uh, I think term limits is a very bad thing, not in all cases, I think some term limits are good, maybe on the federal level, but especially on the local level, I think they're a bad idea especially short-term limits. If you disagree with me, you can reach out to me at Real Dr. Gina on Truth Social, on Clout Hub, on Twitter, pretty much anywhere. Instagram, at Real Dr. Gina. And uh, we're going to be back in just a moment right after this break. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Okay, welcome back to Mad Truth. This is Dr. Gina. So glad you are joining us. Hope you had a wonderful St. Patrick's Day. I was going to let you know um, there was a big event last night here at Mar-a-Lago for Representative Vernon Jones. You may remember him. He's the dude from Georgia who flipped parties, right? He just got sick of his Democrat party and he flipped parties. And uh, now he is a Republican running in the state of Georgia. And uh, it's very exciting. And there were lots of good folks there, including a rapper called Kodak Producer Jason, Kodak Black, Kodak Black, that's his name. And uh, he's got one of those grills with diamonds on the top and the bottom. Like every single inch of his teeth is lined with with diamonds. And uh, he was one of the sweetest people you could ever know. 
Pastor Daryl Scott was there, if you remember him from the campaign. Um, Lynn Patton. I'm trying to think who else. Was, oh, Rudy Giuliani and Commissioner Bernie Kerrig, New York's finest. Um, they were there. And uh, it was, of course, the president, 45, 47, as I like to call him these days. He was there, made a nice speech, told some golf stories. It was a fun night there at St. Patrick's Day at Mar-a-Lago. These things are happening all the time. If anyone thinks that Donald Trump is not in charge of who will be, you know, anointed <laughs> for the next offices by the Republican Party, I can tell you, you've got another thing coming. These never Trumpers, they just don't even know what they're talking about. They should live here where you see these guys come through every single week and kiss the ring because they want Donald Trump's blessing to run. That's facts, friends. But I digress a little bit. Term limits. Sounds so good. Bad idea. Here's why. First of all, the first thing that happens when term limits occurs, and I watched this in our Capitol, is that there's all of these brand new guys, all these brand new guys. I think it happened... I can't remember if it was the second year my husband was elected or if it was the fourth year he was elected. It doesn't matter. I watched the whole thing go down. I saw the before and I saw the after. So the first thing is there is an absence of institutional knowledge. It's gone. Understanding the process is gone. You've got a bunch of guys completely green, have literally no clue what they're doing, coming in all wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, and they have no clue as to how to make things work, how to stand up to the lobbyists, how to stand up to the special interests, um, how, to, how to just navigate the process. They're so busy learning the new process because all of this is new to them that they don't even have time to think about what's actually happening. That's problem number one. Problem number two is, I, I always try to make this very clear to my children, power doesn't die, power transfers. I'm going to say it again just to make sure you got it. Power doesn't just go away. It doesn't evaporate. When you take power from an elected official or from anyone, it doesn't just evaporate. That power doesn't just go away with the person who's no longer in office, right? The power transfers. That is such an important component of this because if you don't understand that, you won't understand why term limits is so dangerous to our body politic, but it is. So where does the power go? So we had a 30-year incumbent. Who was term limited out? We had several. The, uh, the long one I think had been there the longest was 30 years, and he needed to go. He was a Democrat. He told some great stories, I'll tell you what, out there on that floor. But he was a Democrat, and uh, he was a problem. And he was so entrenched with the lobbyists and the special interests and, you know, junkets and this and that. And he needed to go. So when he went, I thought, oh, well, no, this is good. This is a, an improvement, right? An ethical improvement here in our legislature. You would think so. The problem is the power he had. Did it go to the new senator? The guy, brand green, doesn't know anything, all wide-eyed? Mm-mm, didn't go to him. That guy didn't know, and wouldn't have known what to do with power if he had it, right? Because <laughs> he's brand new and he doesn't know. No, it goes to the staff, which doesn't sound that dangerous, but I'm going to explain it in a moment, and it goes to the lobbyists. Why? Why does the power go to the staff and the lobbyists? Well, because they have the institutional knowledge, the first thing I talked about, right? They know how the process works. So it's easy for them to manipulate this legislator, this young green guy that doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe he's not even young, doesn't matter. Young in terms of years in the Senate or House. He doesn't know what he's doing, but his staff knows. And guess what? His staff already has a relationship with every single 
decision maker, every single power broker, every single lobbyist, every single money person, every single special interest person in the whole capital. The staff, staff or the chief of staff and the secretary, they just suddenly realized, guess what? Our jobs just got 10 times, 100 times as powerful as they ever were. Because guess what? All these new guys that just replaced all these term-limited people, all these new guys, guess what? They don't know what they're doing. They have no idea. They are in there and just asking questions and taking advice. And guess who's happy to give them the advice? You got it. The staff and the lobbyists. Now, I, I am not a hate hater of lobbyists. I think lobbyists actually serve a purpose. As long as you have lobbyists on both sides of an issue and they can explain it in rational terms, a lobbyist is not a bad thing in the ideal. Where a lobbyist becomes a bad thing is when a lobbyist is, one, offering money and junkets on the side to legislators who are willing to do their bidding. Two, where they're more powerful than legislators because term limits has been instituted and the legislator has no clue what he or she is doing. So they're taking all their advice from a lobbyist that they made friends with because the lobbyist takes them to dinner every night. Did we go to dinner? Sure. Did we go on trips? Yep. But I'm telling you, there are people that take extreme advantage of it that go on junkets to the Bahamas, <laughs> places like that. We went on study trips where we were actually you know, talking to other legislators and doing things like that. And all of the financial reform in the world won't change this. Let me repeat that. All of the reform will not change that. There is no bill that a legislator is going to pass to take away his own trips, his own side hustles, his own junkets. They're not going to pass it. If they pass it, it's going to be something that looked like it would be effective, but it won't be effective. Trust me on this one. So now the lobbyists have all this power, and they realize really quickly that new Joe legislator, he's going to need a job. In eight short years. That's a blink in political lifespan. In eight years, new Joe Senator, who really, really has a lot of uh, ability to vote the way that a certain lobbyist would like, is going to need a job in eight years. And guess what? You know, his assistant, who knows the system a lot better, is going to still be there when new Joe Senator is termed out. So guess who the real lawmaker becomes? Joe Senator's chief of staff is now the power broker. He's now the one who's going to stay past the lifespan of Joe Senator. Joe Senator is going to be all worried either about his next campaign, so he's going to be cutting deals with lobbyists so that they'll fund his next campaign, or he's going to be all worried, you know, because he's going to have to run for a different office because he's going to be term limited out, or or he's going to want a job. Can you get me a job at that? Running that hospital, I'll vote your way. You get me a job lobbying in D.C. for Philip Morris, I'll vote your way. I saw with my own eyes every one of these things happen. Let me tell you just a little bit more when we come back right after this break. This is Mad Truth with Dr. Gina. More in a second. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Mad Truth with Dr. Gina. 
Sounds like such a good idea, doesn't it? Term limits. We can get all the bad guys out. We can bring in new, fresh blood. People love the idea of young people in politics. I think that's also a bad idea, but that's a different podcast. I think you need people with life experience. It sounds nice, young people, but I don't think it works very well. That's another podcast, though. So you got this new Joe senator, right? And he was just elected because of term limits. The old guy that had 30 years experience, he's gone. The institutional knowledge is gone. The power has now transferred over to the lobbyist and over to the staffer. And the next thing that happens, um, aside from the fact that Joe Senator doesn't know what the heck he's doing, he's taking advice from anyone that'll give it to him. He's, he's voting for anyone that tells him how he should vote and gives him a half a good reason because he's so busy learning the system. See, before that, when there was new Joe Senator, when new Joe Senator came in and there was, there were, you know, there would only be a couple of them. And because there were only a couple of new electeds, the old guys pretty much took them under their wing and helped them learn the process so that someday they too could be a great Senator with a long future in politics. Am I saying that long-term in politics is good? No. I'm saying self-term limits are a great thing, great thing, but it can't be too short. We have to be very careful about that. And on the local level, level, state level, they're a nightmare. I think some level of term limits on the national level might be good, but it would be way longer than most people would think. And I'd rather see self-imposed. But you know what I'd rather see? Because this is the authenticity of politics. This is what I said in the beginning, why this violates your constitutional rights and why this literally forfeits your own constitutional right to elect who you want. What I'd really love to see, vote the bastards out. Whatever happened to that notion? We're too weak and wussy now to tell ourselves as a body politic, we need to vote this bastard out. What happened? We're better than that. We don't forfeit our constitutional rights, right? To get to make things the way we want them, to patch them up because we've made too many mistakes, right? So that's the problem. So we have to, if you want term limits, the best way to get term limits is to organize sincere campaigns with people who understand politics, people who are not young and new in politics, people who understand and have been involved a long time. Get them involved from a grassroots perspective to oust a candidate. That's where the magic happens. That's the real and only, only marketable term limits. The only kind of term limits that really work for America, that really keep our Constitution intact, that don't forfeit your own rights. Never forfeit your own rights to patch a problem that your own laziness, the laziness of the electorate has created right? This is the problem. I can't name a senator or a state rep that came in that year in Missouri that I'm telling you about who didn't vote wrong, vote stupidly, and end up deciding that cost-benefit analysis, it was better for them to just take the job from the lobbyist and screw their constituency. They all do it. And my husband didn't come in in term limits. He was a very ethical senator, probably the most ethical. He was actually voted uh, the most conservative by this national group, uh, conservative um, person, legislator of that decade, most conservative, most true to his principles. And he really was. And I remember many times where he said things to me like, you can't ever let the door crack because it'll fly wide open after that. And that's the reason why he would not vote, even if it didn't matter that much, he wouldn't vote against his conscience. He wouldn't vote against the best argument that had been made to him, usually almost always by a constituent. And that's who he was, even when it was tough, even when it wasn't popular. He did it. 
I'm very proud of that legacy. But I'm also very proud of those who have taken the time to listen to me on this podcast with my very sincere appeal to you to not support term limits as a law, but instead to support grassroots, imposed, voted term limits on people that are in there too dang long. Goodbye, Nancy Pelosi. Goodbye to all of those who've been in there too long. That's the way they need to go out is with votes, not with you relinquishing your own power to vote them out. And that wraps it up. I hope if you have any questions, feel, do feel free to reach out to me on social media at Real Dr. Gina. Also, I hope you will tune in for my show every single night, 7 p.m. on RAV, Real America's Voice. You can find it wherever you have glass smart glass and uh, we hope you'll join us and hope also that uh, you're having a good good part of your life right now despite our circumstances we're still positive because uh, we know who wins in the end and uh, can't wait to join arms with you all of you in 2022 and 2024 and make all of that happen again but just remember in the meantime if somebody says something about term limits or if you see a sign that says term limits are a good idea ask people why they'd want to relinquish their own power to vote them out Thanks so much for joining me. Mad Truth with Dr. Gina. You all have a great rest of your day. God bless you. Go boldly now and live the truth. Give me that.